Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the February 21st edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. And also follow us on Facebook if you are on that platform. When you follow and subscribe, you get notifications when we post new episodes and other information that will assist you on your journey of becoming a more engaged citizen. On today's show, we are going to explore the connection between investigative journalism and government accountability. As we do that, we will be discussing a case that has made headlines here in the local area, and that is the death of Tyreek Robinson. If you're not in this area, I still think you'll find this fascinating because it really uncovers what goes on when a journalist is working on a true investigative report. So thanks so much for joining this conversation. We also remind you that candidates will be qualifying for office here in the state of Georgia during the first full week in March. That is March 4th through 8th. Uh, you have probably also noticed in your area, you're already seeing signs out for candidates. Some candidates have made formal announcements about their intent to run. Uh, so that political activity is gearing up. And as usual, Local Matters will be here to help you make decisions on who you want to vote for for these various offices. So we have had some great episodes this year. If you haven't had a chance to catch those, please go to the YouTube channel or to our Facebook page or to my website. Um, all of our episodes are available in podcast form, also on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, but we'll be rolling into election season come mid-March, uh, and we'll go all the way through uh, May 21st, which is our official election day in the state of Georgia. Again, thanks so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. Local Matters family, we have a very special treat today, and that is the presence of Ms. Liz Owens. Uh, she is an investigative reporter with the I-Team at WRDW. Uh, she's been in our community for a while, and we're going to let her explain mm -hmm. um, how long she's been here and give us a little background information on her personally, but we're going to explore the topic of investigative reporting uh, because she has become uh, a specialist at that, and we just want to reveal how that whole process takes place. How you doing today, Liz? I am good. Thank you so much for having me on here. And my kid may pop in. I'm working from home today, so <laughs> no problem. I get it. We are doing life these days. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're with WRDW. Tell me how long you've been there. Oh gosh! So altogether, it's been uh, about a decade. But <clears throat> I I've been here the last like eight years with the entire family. But I had previously worked here for two years, um, and during that time period, got married, pregnant, and then I took two years off. 
um, a stay at home with my child. And we had, a, I was doing like a commute from my, uh, from Greenville. That was where I last worked. So oh, wow. okay. yeah, so all together 10 years. Like 10 years. And where are you from originally? So I'm originally from, was born in Miami, my dad's first generation. Um, but I grew up in Noonan, Georgia. So Coweta County. So I'm a Georgia girl. Okay. All right. And tell, tell me what preparation does one go through to become a journalist? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if there is any. Uh, no. Uh, so I went to Georgia State. Um, so got a degree in journalism, um, specifically broadcasting. I always enjoyed writing and I thought I would, um, you know, I wanted to work for a newspaper. My grammar's not like the best in the world. And I interned up at the state capitol um, for uh, Georgia Public Television um, or broadcasting now uh, for a show called Ballmakers. And I just was noticing like, you know, like, man, the the camera, like there's, you can write and write well, but man, really hearing from somebody and showing people uh, the pictures, the video and hearing from someone is like so impactful. So um, that's what made me want to go into that. But I did, I did an internship and it requires like, so the first half of my career, I was like your normal, what they um, call general assignment reporter, but um, worked in my first job um, out of school was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, then I went to Dayton, Ohio, then Greenville, and all of those were general assignments. So I was the the reporter, you know, you wake up that morning, you come up with your story idea, um, or you respond to breaking news. So um, fire over here or this over there. And you're doing it for about 10 years. I was really maybe eight years, but I, I it just wasn't feeding my soul. And it's not why I got into journalism. Um, I had no desire to anchor um, because I would always have more questions about something I responded to, but you're under a deadline. Like I got to be on it you know, five, I got to be on at 530, I got to be on at six. And um, so I really want to learn investigative journalism. So I dropped down in markets, came here when there was an opening. And uh, I've been here ever since. So I have a really incredible boss that really uh, encourages and um, uh, investigative journalism and, uh, you know, like, okay, if that if that's happening, why is that happening? Who's in charge of it? Is there any enforcement? Who's in charge of that? Who's above them? You know, so and it, it is definitely a learning process. Um, you know, like one of the biggest challenges whenever I'm investigating something, if it's something I've like an industry or a topic I've never looked into before, I have to become an expert in it. So it's like a lot of reading of the law, regulations, um, talking to sources or someone like, hey, break this down. I don't, I mean, I don't understand this at all. I don't know a thing about environmental whatever. Um, but I have to really learn a topic to be able to ask the right questions to see if is somebody is there a wrongdoing here or is there just a loophole in the system or why is this happening? You don't know unless you like know that industry. So that's like a huge time consuming part. But I love to learn. And it's also one of my favorite parts of the job. OK, awesome. It's interesting you mentioned uh, why being a general assignment reporter was not for you. Uh, years ago, and we're talking when I was in graduate school, you know, I knew I, I was in public policy school at the time, and um, but I wasn't quite so, you know, do I really want to go into government work or do I want to do something different? So I was doing an internship in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, which is where yeah. Charlotte was located, and I was talking to our public information director at that time, 
And I said, you know, I kind of think I like journalism. I'm not sure. Oh, I can arrange for you to spend a day in a newsroom so you can get a feel for what it is. Were you traumatized? I, yes. I spent that morning with a reporter that was doing just what you described, scrambling around, trying to make a story almost out of nothing. Yeah. You know, and, oh, I got to get this in. I got to get it in by the deadline. And I was like, no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, really, the decide. I remember the deciding thing, and this uh, obviously it didn't happen here, but I. you know, I had a producer, it was a, it was this kid that had wandered outside, uh, like a toddler out the back door and drowned in the pool. And producers like, you need to, you know, at least knock on the door, see if the mama talk. And she, you know, the mom had just had a baby. So she was fell asleep with the baby. Toddler wanders out, complete accident. And I'm supposed to knock on the door and say, Hey, how do you feel? Your kid just drowned. I mean, like I didn't get into journalism to do that. I got into journalism because I truly believe that it can make positive change in a community. And I'm like, this does not feel like that. So I am very fortunate to have found my niche and um, something that feeds my soul. And I feel like it, 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 it can create change and to have a station that actually encourages it because it, It is um, <clears throat> not a lot of stations, you know, can afford to invest in it. Right, exactly. And as, as you say that, I want to segue into the the thing that triggered me to invite you to the show. And that is the series of reports that you've done related to the death of Tyree Robinson. Um, everybody in our local community knows, people outside the Augusta area may not know, but Uh, Mr. Robinson was the youngest person to ever be elected to the school board in Richmond County. Uh, he was looking forward to starting uh, his term. Uh, then some revelations came out about some financial dealings he had with someone that he considered to be his mentor. And then a short time later, he's dead. So you've done a few stories on this. Is it is it three or four now? Uh, I think there's been a total of four and um, I'm still following up on some things, but um, yeah, it, it's a very, it, it, it's, it is a haunting investigation for me. Like, and I think it's because, you know, every, I always go into something with like a question, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? I still don't have those answers. And even though there's so many questions out there and things that just don't make sense or add up, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm missing a puzzle piece and quite can't put it all together. But it's just it's a very, very sad, sad story. It, it's sad for the community and it's very sad for the family. It is. Um, and I guess the first question, just how do you all get started? I am happy that you all have conducted these investigations. It has been very revealing for a lot of people who are watching. And it's one of those things where, you know, if I didn't see it first, you know, it's almost assured that a friend will share a link with me to the story because did you see this, you know, sort of thing. And I went back and watched all of it. I've shared some of the segments uh, with others as well, just so they understand um, at least what you've been able to uncover. I, how did you all decide to get into this? Was it a tip from somebody else? Did you all just sort of look at it? I mean, how are decisions made about what things that you will investigate? Um, well, 
the IT team, we have a lot of control over our own investigations. Um, and the, the process of, you know, sometimes we get tips sometimes, you know, I'm a big data geek. So sometimes I'll find stories in data. Um, and a lot of it is just like questions. Uh, uh, I, for me, I, I like half my stories are just curiosity. Like this doesn't make sense. They're saying this, but I know this. Um, or why am I seeing, you know, families outside the homeless shelter and school and the kids aren't being picked up from school or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, in this case, what didn't make sense to me is uh, Tyreek's mentor. Um, I had a relationship with her over the pandemic because I was covering nursing homes and all these COVID deaths and the state, you know, uh, was very like tight lipped about it. And she's one of the, you know, so many nursing homes are owned by like these giant corporations uh, and just give you, you know, these PR answers. And um, Melissa was very helpful um, during that time period, kind of um, working with me to let me know what's going on um, in the nursing homes as far as like visitation and, and things like that. Um, but I had reached out to her, I think it was 2020, and, and she had just lost her husband. She was devastated. I can't talk. And I had not heard from her in a year. So I, this is what made me like question things is the timing of she had sent me this text saying, hey, Liz, I got a story about, you know, a newly elected politician. I forgot the wording in it. You know, he's been stealing. And I'm like, what? So this is like on a Friday. <clears throat> so I call her and I talk to her. And I had, and I'm like, have you gone to the police? Do you, do you have a report? And she's like, not yet. I'm getting ready to go out of town. But as soon as I get back in town, I'm going to go to the police. Um, well, in the meantime, so I told my boss, hey, this may be coming down. Um, I'm holding off because even if someone's elected, um, so it's hard to sue journalists, you know, or anybody really for uh, libel if you're a public official. Um but we don't, and I don't, I mean, unless I have like proof, like, okay, she filed a report. So now police are looking into it. That is enough for me to do a story on it. Like, I want to look into this. Um, but I was waiting for her to get the, that report. Well, in the meantime, another media outlet had done a, um, a story about it. Um, and then Tyreek, you know, defended himself on a you know radio show. Um, and then he's dead. And, um, I just thought, you know, I don't know, like, but I guess it was just the timing of everything just made me more curious about it all. Um, and, you know, I just did the initial report, but I had to wait on um, when the case file closed, which was in January, I asked for like everything I could possibly think of. And like one of the biggest things, and I mean, you you don't have to be an investigative reporter or or just a regular journalist. Any citizen should really understand open records laws. Um, it's something I'm trying to teach my 10-year-old. Like, I'm planning to take her to the courthouse today, too, with me. But, like, what your rights are as a citizen to get public information. But that's where I get, that is the base, that and data are the base, the proof of any investigation. If I don't have that, a lot of things, it's just hearsay. And like, even though I may firmly believe this isn't right and, or what someone's telling me or tipping me off, if I don't have proof or something to back it up, then it's not an investigation. So I asked for under open records, like the, the case file, um, all the body cam, the 911 call, traffic between officers, 
emails that if anything involved him when he like that falls under freedom of information. And it took me a while to go through it. Um, I mean, it's a lot. I, and I've done this before with other investigations, but that's when, you know, watching everything, a lot of things just didn't seem to add up. So what I'm seeing on the video on on the body cam doesn't add up with what I'm seeing in the report, um, you know, when it was finished. And then once I looked at all that, uh, you know, I I finally was able to meet with the family and family. You know, it takes a long time sometimes to to gain the trust of of a family who is grieving who is hurt, um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I think a lot of times big bad journalists, but, you know, they're not required. We're not, we're not actually cops. So no one has to talk to us, but, uh, you know, I, I've had multiple meetings with the family and just talking with them, getting to know them. Um, and even like, I mean, I do my due diligence. I mean, I, in the beginning, you know, I'm looking at every family member, like, Hmm, you know, Everybody, you know, my boss always says, like, you even question your own mom when she says you, uh, when she loves you. But it is true. You just look at everybody. And I'm not looking for a bad guy, but just trying to make sense of it all. But um, it just, none of it makes sense, especially once I started getting, um, the family was able to get his cell phone back, was able to upload some texts, some pictures, and his laptop. And that's probably the part that I'm like, what was, what was going on here? I do not understand it. Like, I really don't. But that's, kind of the process of everything is it's all these open records you get everything it, it's talking with people that are the closest to um um you know and in in this case it's you know about an individual and like how he died and and what was happening before he died and um <clears throat> and it's just like everybody anything i can think of i look into it Thank, thanks for that. Um, if you had to estimate the number of hours that you have spent researching, interviewing people, looking at anything you can get your hands on, I mean, how many, can you even estimate how many hours that's been? I have no idea. Um, there's been a couple stories like this. I mean, like, it, it, you know, it's weeks of going through. I mean, you think about it, body cam video, you're looking at everything logging it, going back and you don't hear it right. Like, hey, ask your photo, what do they say here? You know, uh, I mean, it's our, uh, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. It, it it takes, it takes a while. I mean, some of my investigations have, you know, take months. Um, I think the longest one has been maybe a year. Um, some of that's waiting on documents to come back, but just combing, once you get that back, it just takes forever to comb through everything. And then it's like, I write all my questions down. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but is it allowed? Or is like, what's the regulation? Or like, what is the normal process? Um, you know, I was, I was saying earlier, like one of the biggest challenges, and I do enjoy it, but is like learning something. Um, but like, I, I really do have to consult with like experts because I went to school for communications. I learned to write. Um, I didn't learn to, you know, be a cop or be a lawyer or about environmental stuff or real estate or anything like that or or like emergency response so any investigation i do i like i try to get with an expert because i have a million questions and sometimes i feel like i'm reading like chinese or something i i don't know what what it all means so that that was kind of the process too is you know consulting people that you know that are other law enforcement 
um, you know, like, is this normal? Is this how this works? That sort of thing. And, and you know, a lot of times my, uh, you know, that information doesn't like always, you know, it's not like always interviews. They're just like my experts to help guide me, uh, um, you know, or like, hey, you could always ask for this because this is how this report's worded. It falls under open records. Um, but yeah, and then, I, you know, I have sources as well, like, you know, some of my, uh, the most valuable people to help an, in investigation are, are people that you will never see, you will never hear their name. Um, and they, you know, they kind of, you know, they usually, they can help guide me into, to getting information. So, and, and those are the most like helpful people in something. So it takes a lot of money because I noticed in this particular instance, you traveled out of state mm -hmm. um, and probably stayed there for a couple of days, you know, to ask around. In fact, I think you went into the police department or was it the DA's office there? Too? Oh, yeah, I did both. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that was so bizarre. So it, it was kind of a weird story how all this happened. So um, <clears throat> for anyone who hasn't watched the investigations, um, you know, this young man died. Uh, it was ruled a suicide. There's a lot of questions over the investigation, or I've had a lot of questions. There's things that just don't make sense, like no fingerprints on anything, messages missing, like, you know, I don't know. It's just a, just a lot of things that didn't really add up to me. But what came out after he died is um, the same person that, um, you know, texts me about uh these allegations. Um, and again, I don't know if he did anything or didn't, but it was just, you know, it came out right after he was elected and right before he died. Um, but uh, come to find out there was um, pending charges against his mentor uh, friend. Um, they did have a very close relationship, um, but, but uh, against her um ex-boyfriend. So uh, Melissa had taken Tyreek to Cherokee um, to gamble and her ex-boyfriend had flown up there. And um, he, in the police report, it says he came to confront Tyreek about, you know, he believed they had a romantic relationship. Ends up being a scuffle. And um, he, he's charged with, um, and it, this was new to me, another thing new to me. I've never covered an area that has um uh, th that's reservation so like those are completely different laws rules all that but um one of the charges they had was like um but there's a special charge for like uh assault against a female and then it was um the assault against Tyreek um but I go up there because uh the family was still pursuing charges um but they told me that the DA had dropped the case that Melissa recanted her story, said Tyreek was the aggressor. And this is just a, a, a timing was strange with all this, but I happened to be going up there for my um, girlfriend's birthday. And I was like, and driving past, I was like, I need to go and just get those documents. I just want to look at this. And I go into the clerk's office and I'm like, hey, can I, you know, get the reason why this was dropped? I forgot the name of the document. And they're like, oh, it isn't. It's on it literally two days later. I think that was a Friday or a Thursday. It was on a Monday was the hearing. So I was like, what in the world? So I called the family. I'm like, it's on. It's not off. But it really didn't make a difference. The family came up there. They presented some texts, some other things. Um, 
because they really wanted uh, this ex-boyfriend to be held accountable, like the charges not to be dropped. And I think it really hurt them that, you know, the original statements were that uh, this ex-boyfriend assaulted um, Tyreek. And now uh, this mentor is saying that uh, um, that it was Tyreek was the um, aggressor and Tyreek's dead. So, you know, the family's like, really? Um so, but anyway, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. But when we we're up there, you know, like I went to, I went to the clerk's office to get the paperwork and then I was back up there for the hearing. And so we're at the DA's office, the DA's office was really strange about the whole thing. Do not understand that. And um, uh, Melissa like had a relationship with the DA's office because uh, she had been emailing on behalf of Tyreek about moving the court date. It was originally scheduled when he was alive, um, like on election day or near election day. Um, and then once he was dead, she recanted his story and filed um, probate papers here locally. But yeah, that's, uh, it was, it was kind of crazy up there. But yeah, my boss, I, I told her, I, I'm, I was like, this is actually going on. So then she's like, yeah, stay up there. You know, we need to cover that. So you've got, natural curiosity you need a lot of facts you need some financial resources to pull all of this off yes. and you need help from people who can give you context and help explain how things yes. are supposed to yes. work so it takes a lot of moving pieces to pull one of these investigative reports together right and it's a process you know i will tell you um you know, uh, back when I was first starting to do this, I have an idea for an investigation. Okay, yeah, let's go and do this. You start getting documents. I will tell you almost um, more times than not what I initially think I'm investigating, it will take a turn into another direction. So that's the difference between like investigate. Well, there's a lot of differences, but like, you know, what I was doing before is I'm kind of like just reacting like, here's what here's what's happening today, guys. This happened, you know, this road shut down blah, blah, blah. This, I'm looking through things. And so I'm not reporting on it yet. And that's why you'll see our investigations with the I-team. It's like in different stages because we'll start like, oh, this is super interesting. Then we find out something else or another document and it takes a turn this way. So um, yeah, it's a, it's process reporting. It really is um, because, you know, information comes in at different times. You know, we wait till we have enough to do something. But then a lot of times after we air one investigation, your phone blows up. People have, you know, suddenly people are like, hey, I know this. And they'll say something. Then you got to file reports, or, you know, our open records to get. And you take those calls or emails. People yes, I do. Yes, that, it's so helpful. It really is. I mean, like, I do have to, I, you know, just because someone tips us off, it doesn't mean it's a story. Um, you know, you have to background the person well not always back but like you gotta see if the if, if there's anything to it and you have to have proof about it but a lot of times like um you know i some of the craziest things you would never believe i get a tip about and then i'm like okay well let me look into this and then you know sure enough you're like holy smokes okay um one of the questions that somebody has asked me about this is why do they keep letting it all out in bits and pieces? Why don't they just run one big thing and give us all the facts? Can you explain the answer? Oh, I wish I could do one big one. Uh, all right. So a couple things. Um, as I was saying, it was like, it all, you know, it is process reporting. So maybe we do one story 
And then suddenly someone has information that I didn't know. And now I'm looking into that. Now it's another story. I mean, just like with the Cherokee, you know, Tyreek, like the Cherokee thing, I find out when I'm up there that it's actually going on and like find out more information. Um, so then there's, an, there, you know, then it, so it comes, it, it's in real time almost as we get the information. Um, and then the other thing is I'm a local journalist. So our newscasts are 30 minutes long. I think my first Tyreek story was like 10 or 12. You had in commercial breaks. Y'all, I could do a documentary. I mean, some of our stories, Meredith, um, one of my colleagues on the I-team, I mean, she's been working on this horrific investigation involving a death of a um, mentally ill inmate in Bamberg. And um, I mean, her piece was probably 10 minutes too. And she has had other ones coming out. We literally don't have the on-air time. So that's part of it too. <laughs> they can get really long. So your normal news story, what I was doing before I became an investigative journalist, your, your regular, like, here's what's going on today, story is maybe a minute 15, a minute 30. I mean, people always like, oh, why do you only cut, you know, you didn't hear the whole interview, like sound bites. Literally, that's all the time we have. We can put stuff on the web, but, you know, you have a show that's 30 minutes long. And in this case, you've been working on this now for a long time, because I can't remember exactly when he died, but it's been a year, right? It's been over a year. So, oh, yeah, I, and, and, you know, I, yeah, I started covering. So I started covering the board of ele or the board of education election, um, and I was doing like long interviews with all the candidates probably back in October. Tyreek was not one, but Tyreek did not have any. Um, there was no one else running, so the seat was his. But um, uh, and I had been doing that because I had already been like looking a lot into the school system here. Um, and I really, even though like I, I'm embarrassed to say, I never thought like school board was like that important to vote on. Um, and man, when I, I look into a school system and then you think of like the trickle down effect of like education and like, like it is probably, and now I think it's one of the most important things you can vote on and local in a community. <laughs> it absolutely it, is. As a mother, I really is. <laughs> I feel foolish that I I always kind of talk to, you know, like whatever, it's not that important. What do they do? They just, you know, um, but it really, really is. I mean, as I do stories about homeless or foster, you know, as these kids like age out of foster care, whatever, it's like a lot of it starts at such a young age. And that's why like, you know, having good elected leaders that are helping your ch children, you know, the kids' futures is so important. But anyway, I really embraced doing those interviews. And then, um, and then uh, it was that tech, because I had that relationship with Melissa, I got that text. And then I was like, that's how I got involved in it. So that first, the first one was like, just he died. I got this text. It wasn't like, I. it was just very crazy to me. I had not even met the family or talked to them. And, um, uh, but it was when I got the case file back that I started really digging into it. And then after having a, you know, forming a relationship with the family and a lot of times it, you know, it takes time and, you know, uh, I know it can be intimidating talking to, you know, an investigative journalist, especially if you don't know them and especially if they look different. I mean, I'm like, you know, your typical middle-aged white journalist, you know, covering, um, uh, an area that is a huge minority population. Um, and, and that's one thing, I, I mean, I totally get it, but it's like, man, I got the same, 
you know, it, it takes a while to build those relationships and the trust. And I, and I, and I really appreciate those that have um, taken their chance with me um, because I, you know, I, I get like, I, it sounds so cheesy and I promise that like it, it is true to my heart. I do what I do. Definitely not because I want to be on TV and not because I make millions of dollars. It is because I truly believe in local journalism. I believe it makes a difference. And I've stayed here. I love the community. I, I have a, I'm raising a child here. Um, so I truly do what I do to make a difference and, and to hopefully, you know, I mean, I really try to be as fair, find the truth. I mean, sometimes I don't get everything right away, like information wise, but I do it because I, I really want to be the voice for the voiceless, you know, to, to make changes where you see wrongdoing or like there's system failures too. just pointing those out like, Hey, we could fix this if it was done a different way. There's a loophole here and this is how this keeps happening. Okay. Thank you for all of that. Cause there are two things. When you start talking about how investigative reporting can make a difference, um, two things came to mind, and I'll invite you to discuss both of them as much as you want to. One is media exists to hold governments accountable, which I think is a good thing. I mean, yeah, I know media exists for other reasons, too, because we need news. We need to know what streets closed, and we need to yeah. know what the weather is going to be. And we're interested for entertainment purposes and some of the other things that you all have on a broadcast. But the most and one of the most important functions is to hold organizations accountable and i have been concerned that newspapers used to play that role and now just really aren't anymore because the readership's not there therefore the advertising is not there therefore the staffing is not there and it's like this downward spiral that um, it's only the biggest newspapers in the country. It seems to me only the bigger newspapers, you know, like the Atlanta Journal Constitution or New York Times or the Washington Post or somebody really has the staff resources to do some true investigative reporting, like what you're talking about. So that that need and, and we need organizations to be held accountable. You know, we need oh, to yeah. asking questions. So it is a service to us as residents and as taxpayers. And somebody's got to fill the void. Um, the other thing that came to mind, really, in this case, not every case, but in this case, and a lot of them that I think about, though, because some of them are consumer oriented. Some of the cases you all do or stories you do are consumer oriented. You know, does the legislature ever take action on the things that you all find yeah. uh, when you cover those things? And does law enforcement ever take action? based upon something they see. I mean, those are the questions that run through my mind when I'm watching the stories that you've done. Uh, yes, um, not always, but um, yeah. So uh, like one that I was proud to have made a little bit of a difference in is um, I, I called this piece 15 minutes to die. It, it, it's just another story that haunts me because, you know, I'm not a first responder, but we see everything, the stuff we can't show you on TV. And um, I actually initially started like looking into ambulance response times back when there's the whole debate over the ambulance contract. Um, and uh, I'd asked for all these 911 calls and you know all these different calls. And this is where something turns into something else. But I, I listened for 15 minutes as this woman begged for 
the operator to tell the firefighters outside her door to break the door down so they could save her. She couldn't breathe. And I heard her take her last breath. And it was so horrific and so terrible. And her poor family only heard she had a medical emergency. I mean, they had no idea that for 15 minutes, EMS and firefighters were outside. And the whole reason they didn't go into the house is because there was a policy with the fire department that you had to wait on a police officer or a deputy to arrive before you went to the house. And come to find out the whole reason that was put in place is because and sometimes people, you might accidentally go in the wrong house or someone plays a joke on someone. You go in it, you break the door down, then you got to pay for the door. But this woman lost her life. I don't know if she could have been saved or not, but like hearing her take her last breath, begging, saying, I can't breathe. I mean, it it just gutted me. Um, but the policy, like it changed. So that was something just here on a local level that I, I was proud to make a difference with that. I've had other, you know, investigations, um, you know, like, you know, federal indictments um, that happened, a story like on the South Carolina side, uh, uh, jail, businesses close. Um, it doesn't always happen, but I... It Meredith had several as well, um, a lot of action on the Fort Gordon housing stuff because of her reporting. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not always um, a person's fault or an agency's fault. Sometimes it's just like no one's asking the questions and, and until you bring it to light um, or somebody shines something on it, it's not addressed. And that's kind of our job is like, hey, this happened. Why did this happen? Um, is does this policy work, or you know, should there be regulations with this, or you know, why does this person keep getting away with this over and over and over again, and taking tens of thousands of dollars from people? I mean, you know, it's things like that we look at and ask questions, and uh, and sometimes you know, it, it does create change. Other times it, you know, uh, that's probably the most disheartening thing is like you put all these hours and you're like all passionate about it. And then just like crickets, which is the case of Tyreek. And it's driving me crazy. Okay. At least as far as we know, as um, far as we know. Yes. I, I don't know. Too. Yeah. I mean, we know that, um, law enforcement many times can be doing something and we just don't know because they can't afford to let folks know what's happening, but it's kind of agonizing, I'm sure, to to not know right. if this is going anywhere or not. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, have a tendency, and it's not always that good for you as a journalist, but I do get a little, oh, it, you can't help it when you're looking into something so long and in such detail and you like form relationships with families or friends. I mean, you really get vested in it and, you know. Uh, you really want to find answers. I mean, and, you know, this is, there, there are several of these that I've, you know, it, you know, I'll, I'll just like be planning in my head, like what's going on? How do I, you know, why is this this way? Like how, who do I ask? And yeah. Okay. Okay. We just got a couple minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to share with our local matters family? And first, I also will thank you for having been a part of the local matters family. I love that you like to listen to. Us. I do. I mean, I, I I'm always looking for. Uh, 
so I'm not a local. I've been here 10 years, but, I, you know, to really understand the way the government works here and these different little groups of people and like not voting, voting, you know, I'm like, all right, what's the history of this area? And like, so I'm always looking for a podcast or, or something to kind of, uh, or I read things like, you know, like you had the tiny homes guy on and that was so informative to me. I mean, I heard about it. I've seen it on paper, but, um, yeah, I, I thank you for doing what you do because, um, it's really cool to, to learn things about Augusta, the organizations and, um, and some of the history too. Um, but I, I you know, I, I am open, like, I always email me anybody that wants to, if you have a tip, um, again, I, you know, some of my, the very best sources I have, the, the biggest help with any investigation, um, there are people, a lot of times you will never know their name. You will never see them on TV. Um, you know, I heard Will, another guy that's on our I team. Um, he was talking to someone who's like, me, you know, I, I don't know who he was talking to. He's like, you know, we just don't know unless someone tells us, you know, like a lot of time, I mean, we only know what we can un uncover. And if, if there is information or, you know, something like, like that's probably the one of them and you want it out there, but don't want your name. Like that's one of the most helpful things, um, anyone can do with, um, you know, an investigation. If you, if you're interested in exposing something or, or you feel like something's just wrong and needs to be fixed or like, why is this this way? And you see it on a daily basis. And those are the people that are probably the most helpful. Um, and, um, you know, we, it takes us, you know, like I've been here for, you know, 10 years now, Mara's been here even longer. Um, we, Will's a couple of years, you know, you don't grow sources or have sources um, without having trust. And, you know, we've been able to get that over the years reporting here. Unlike um, network news, um, you know, they'll cover like maybe a plane crash and they blow into like, say, if that happened in Augusta, they come in Augusta, they do these interviews, they blow out. Let me tell you, I live here. My kid goes to school here. It is sometimes weird, you know, I'm in the grocery store and someone's like, why do you report this? And you got to defend yourself. So I'd really, we truly try to get everything as accurate and, and, and is right and all sides. Cause you know, I used to back in the day, think things is, you know, black and white. And a lot of times there's a lot of gray area because you really need to understand history and backstory. Um, and, uh, but anyway, yeah, we really, uh, aim to make a positive difference in this community. The The reason why we're all here is to do that. Um, you know, this is our home. Um, you know, Meredith and I are raising daughters in this community. Um, I have a house here. I mean, I love it. And I, I you know, just wanna, you know, see, you know, make a positive difference. And, you know, the, the trust thing is so important. And I, I do feel like I have that. Um, you know, with a good part of the community um, and it's taken years to build, but it is because like we truly aim to be as accurate and as truthful as possible. Sometimes there might be a little slip up, but it's never intentional. A lot of times, you know, that's just like, we don't know what we don't know, you know, <laughs> try our best to figure it all out. If, if somebody has something that they have serious suspicions about and they've got some evidence and they want to reach out to you, how do they do that? You can send me an email. So it's Liz, L-I-Z dot Owens, O-W-E-N-S at W-R-D-W dot com. 
and you can also send me, you can call me. I, I will say I'm really like, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a texter. I get so many phone calls. So like, it's be like, Hey, I got this and then I'll call you, but it's 803-624-9221. Okay. Thank you so much for, thank you for having me on and thank you for doing what you do. I really appreciate it and, and enjoy your podcast. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we wish you the best. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for more stories. Sounds like the Tyreek Robinson matter may not be over yet. There may be some other things for us to look out for. Uh, so we'll be doing that as well, as well as following the other I-team reports, because um, like you said, there, there, there has to be somebody that's watchdogging on our behalf. Thank you. All right. All right. You take care. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Liz Owens. Please join Local Matters next week when my guest will be Danette Smith. She is a career social worker and can talk about the topic of foster care from the perspective of someone who has had to make those tough calls regarding whether a child or children need to remain with the family or whether they need to be taken into the foster care system. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.